today on Locked on Ducks Hockey. Ducks win in a shootout, a preview of the next two games, and a massive trade in the National Hockey League. All of this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone, welcome to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason, J.D. Hernandez, and we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll get right into it after I tell you that you can hear this podcast or any of the other shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. If you can't find it, try looking online manually on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, and make sure to hit that subscribe button. As I said, we have a lot to talk about. We haven't talked about the Ducks winning in a shootout on Saturday. I will say that this past weekend, I worked a plethora of hockey games. In fact, um, Sunday, I worked four hockey games. And there was a lot of stuff going on around the National Hockey League and around sports in general. So it has been very busy. In fact, I'm heading down to San Diego later tonight for the goals game, which I will talk about on tomorrow's Locked on Goals podcast. So it's a preview of what's to come. Meanwhile... The last time the Ducks played was on Saturday. It was their last home game before Christmas, and it was a doozy for the most part. Why do I say for the most part? Well, I'll just say the Ducks kind of shot themselves in the first period, really the first minute, really the first 10 seconds. It was a poor turnover from Josh Manson, who gave the puck away right in their own defensive zone, and it went straight to Zabinijad who scored his 10th goal of the season. It was a backhand in the offensive zone, and that made it 1-0 New York in the first 10 seconds. I kid you not. 10 seconds in. Really? 1-0 New York? Well, that was a bad start. It got worse (laughs) because only three minutes later, John Gibson, he had the puck behind his own net and tried to play it to his left side, but it went straight to Strom, to Dylan Strom, who then passed it to Artie Panarin, who scored his 19th goal of the season to make it 2-0 New York, not even four minutes into the game. And just as fans were beginning to trickle into the seats, they look up at the scoreboard and they see, what the hell, 2-0 already? What is this crap? Well, I know I've said the Ducks have had slow starts. This was not just a slow start. This was an abysmal start. And they really shot themselves in the foot. And this is turnovers. You know, Manson has to take care of the puck. I've said this several times. It sounds like a broken record, but it's true. So once the Ducks really had that poor start, you're thinking, well, here we go again. Another home loss. Well, it got better. (laughs) It got better later on because only four minutes after that, the Ducks found themselves on a pretty nice power play. And this is something that I want to point out right now. The first power play unit, actually both power play units have been shuffled around and coach Dallas Eakins is toying with the idea of having certain players on the first power play unit and certain players on the second power play unit and here's how those units went first power play unit you have Rico you have Getzloff you have Troy Terry you have Kasha you have Cam Fowler not bad but not a power play unit that's going to instill much fear into the opponents, if you know what I mean. So then you go into the second power play unit, and here's what you have for the Ducks. You have the Elite 1C, 
playing center, Derek Grant. Then you have Ricard Raquel. You have Max Comtois. You have Hampus Lindholm. And who else do you have? Oh, the guy that scored the power play goal in the first period. Jakob Silverberg. Yeah, Silverberg scored on the power play. And this was about three seconds left on the man advantage. And the Ducks came back and cut the lead in half to make it 2-1. to one. And this was a play that had a nice flow to it. On that power play, the Ducks had five shots, including the goal. This is something Anaheim needs to do. They just need to get the puck towards the net. Get those passes. They're doing a much better job lately of getting some one-time shots on the power play. And really shifting the defense around. Making them work. Making them have to go from point to point. That's what you have to do to have an effective power play. Is puck movement is key. Having soft hands. Having those direct passes. Is very instrumental in having a successful power play. And that's what the Ducks had in that first period. And give the assists on that one to Ricard Raquel and Hampus Lindholm. So Silverberg, 12th of the season, makes it 2-1. to one. And something else I liked about that particular power play was how the Ducks really moved it around the corners and moved it back and forth and used the boards effectively on that power play. I mean, five shots on that power play. That's a lot. You need that. We saw earlier in the season where the crowd was booing their home team because they weren't putting any shots on net. Oftentimes, we'd see one shot on net, and it wasn't even a quality shot. On that power play, there was two very high-quality shots, including the goal. So, great job by Anaheim to cut the lead in half, and that made it 2-1 to one at the end of the first period. But then, later on in the game, we go into the second period, and the Ducks tied the game on a nice snapshot from Eric Goodbranson to make it 2-all. And give the assist to Rico, Adam Henrique, and, hey, Ricard Raquel, he's back. He's never going to give you up. That's his second assist of the game, but he wasn't done yet. More on that in a second, but we have to talk about the next goal after that. Yes, New York ended up taking the lead. Guess who scored the goal? That guy, Zabinijad, once again in the third period, only a minute into the third. And nice assist here on D'Angelo. To make it 3-2 New York. You would think that the Ducks made up for their self-inflicted wounds. But that third one was another self-inflicted wound. You know, those are shots that Gibson wants back. It looked like he may have had a chance at saving that, but he didn't. Yeah, he definitely wanted that one back. That's a save that you've got to make. And sometimes those just kind of slip through. And that's how the Rangers took back the lead. Yeah, there was really no defense at the ponds that afternoon. It was several shots going back and forth. Teams were getting through the blue line with ease. So at least it was entertaining in that sense. And then later on in the game, the Ducks went on a power play with only three minutes left. Hmm. You're thinking, can the Ducks pull this one off? Can they do it again? Well, the first power play unit didn't do much. Once again, in fact, it would take a Truba giveaway right to Ricard Raquel, who then passed it to Hampus Lindholm to get his first goal of the season and tie the game at three goals with only a minute 46 left on the clock. And I'm going to say this once again, that first power play unit did not do much. In fact, they didn't even get a shot off that first power play unit. But then you have that second unit once again that I just mentioned. You have Silverberg, you have Elite 1C, 
you have Comtois, you have Raquel, you have Lindholm. I mean, really, that second power play unit, I said this to Eric Stevens, that's a power play unit that could make some damage. And they did. They scored two power play goals in that game alone. That's a unit that's got to stick around and be that second unit. Keep those guys together. So that's how regulation would end up, tied at three goals apiece. And then we go into overtime, and it was a pretty slow-moving overtime. It looked like neither team really wanted to do anything on that overtime. You know, there was a couple of shots. Actually, there was all shots for, really, New York. And one for Anaheim. That was it. Yeah, there really wasn't much in overtime. Just a couple of shots here and there, a couple of hits, nothing too big. It looked like both teams were content just to go to the shootout, and that's exactly what happened as it was tied at three going into the shootout. And that's where it was really entertaining, folks. Uh, first, you had Panarin, who, you know, he missed. And then Ricard Raquel, he couldn't get the shot in. Then you had Zibanejad, who's already scored two goals in the game. He scored in the second round of the shootout to give them the one nothing lead in the shootout. And then you had Max Comtois, who saved the day a few days ago against Minnesota, but he could not do it this time. So then it was up to D'Angelo to try to win the game for the Rangers, but he could not do it. Oh, boy. So then it was the third round, and then you went to Andra Kasha, who scored a backhanded goal to keep the Ducks alive, and that was a very slick goal. Then it was Kako who shot it on net, but a nice save by John Gibson, and it was up to Jakob Silverberg to win the game, and he did just that on a very filthy backhand. He undressed Henrik Lundqvist, and that was the game for the Ducks. They would go on to win 4-3 on their last game before Christmas. A very solid effort by the Ducks, and something that I need to praise Coach Egan's for. This team could have given up early, but they did not. The fact that they were down 2 nothing early on, they could have just folded over and said, you know what, it's just one of those nights, but no. And this is the difference between a team this year and the team last year, is they're not giving up as easily as they were before. And I got to credit the coaching staff for that. Maybe this is the kind of influence that Coach Eakins is going to have on this team. And I'm here for that, really. Coming up after the first intermission, we'll preview the next two games on the Ducks road trip. And then afterwards, we'll talk about the Taylor Hall trade. All coming up after the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, it is a week before Christmas. We're still going to keep playing that Christmas music up until the 24th. Just to give you a preview, tomorrow is going to be Locked On Goals. It's going to be a very full show because I have to cover four games. Yeah, San Diego will have played four games. One against Grand Rapids, two at Colorado, And then one tonight, also against Grand Rapids. If you're heading out to San Diego tonight, be sure to get there early as always. Food is amazing there. It's also Taco Tuesday night in San Diego, so take advantage of that. Just to go over some stats from the Ducks-Rangers game, the Ducks had their highest shot output of the season. They had 42 shots on goal, 
to New York's 32. It was a high-octane game on both sides. And the Ducks won on the faceoff dots 66% of the time. But New York is one of the worst teams on the faceoff. I think they're something like 28th or 29th in the league in faceoff percentage. And Anaheim was able to take advantage of that. But the big thing, Anaheim, 2 for 4 on the power play. That is highly impressive and really was the big difference in that game was that second power play unit. And by the way, credit to Ricard Raquel on this game. I know some people have criticized his game early this year, but he came through in a massive way on that game. In fact, Ricard Raquel, he had three points, three apples on that game. And then credit Hampus Lindholm for having two points, a goal, and an assist. So really, it was just that line, that particular line that impressed me the most on this game. Keep them together, guys. We'll preview quickly the next two games for the Ducks. They have a game tonight at Philadelphia. Then they have a game tomorrow night at New Jersey. I'll just go over both those games very quickly. Philadelphia, they're doing fairly well in the standings. They're doing okay. I mean, they have the second wild card spot. They're 17, 11, and 5, 39 points going in. They're really led by Gritty, uh, but the Ghost has been doing pretty well as of late. You know, Philly, they do pretty decently on the power play. They do decently overall. They're just one of those, I don't want to say middle-of-the-road teams, but they are. They're one of those teams that they could either be in the playoffs or they might not be in the playoffs. I mean, they are 6-4-0 and on their previous few games. And, you know, you got to watch for James Van Riemsdyk, who's done pretty well as of recent. He's got five points in his last five games. And tonight, I would expect Gibson to go against Carter Hart. So that's what I think is going to happen. As far as special teams, Philadelphia is excellent on their special teams. In fact, one of the best special teams in the National Hockey League. They're 17th in the power play, but they're top 10 in penalty kill. In fact, they are 8th in the PK at 83%. And speaking of faceoffs, I just talked about that. Anaheim is 6th in faceoff percentage at 52%. Philadelphia's first, folks. Philadelphia leads the league in faceoff percentage with 54%. So it's going to be very important for Ryan Getzloff and especially Derek Grant to try to win those faceoffs and gain puck control. That's going to be pretty key on this game. So watch out on the faceoffs. Let's see if Derek Grant can continue his faceoff run on this game. Then we head into tomorrow. And tomorrow night, the Ducks are going to face the New Jersey Devils. But what kind of team are we going to see from New Jersey? I'll tell you after this intermission because the New Jersey Devils made a massive trade and we're going to see the first game after that trade for New Jersey on Wednesday night. So I'll tell you all about that and I'll also tell you about who the Devils gained on that after the second intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we break down a massive trade that took place in the National Hockey League yesterday. And it was announced that the New Jersey Devils and the Arizona Coyotes made a deal for Taylor 
Hall, that is right. Taylor Hall is heading to the Arizona Coyotes, and this immediately puts the Yotes in prime, prime playoff contention, and really prime cup contention, because Colorado has been struggling recently. They've had their injuries. That is the one thing that could prevent Colorado from winning the cup is injuries. And with some healthy players on Arizona's roster, they could make a deep run. They have two of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. So we'll see how that goes in the West. But let's talk about the trade itself. The Coyotes acquired Taylor Hall. We know about him. He's one of the premier players in the National Hockey League. Has been an all-star before. You know, the accolades for Taylor Hall are extensive. He's played internationally. He has spent nine seasons in the National Hockey League. First drafted by the Edmonton Oilers with the number one overall pick in 2010. He spent six years with the Oilers accumulating a ton of points and then was traded to, or actually no, he was acquired by the Devils in 2016 and played part of four seasons there. And that run ends today as Taylor Hall is set to make his debut tonight against the San Jose Sharks. So look out for that. As far as what Arizona left, New Jersey got Nick Merkley, who is a premier player with the Tucson Roadrunners. Yeah, basically, Arizona gave up picks and prospects to get Taylor Ward. Uh, Blake Spears is also in that trade, but he's kind of a lower prospect, I guess. Spears has played with the Binghamton Devils. He had a couple of games in the NHL, but Spears is mostly an AHL type of guy. Doesn't get very many points. He's still young. Still trying to make his way into the league. Blake Spears is only 22 years old. So look for him to join the Tucson Roadrunners. Meanwhile, Nick Merkley, he's a 22-year-old winger. And he was drafted in the first round by the Arizona Coyotes. He has won a WHL Cup in the past. Nick Merkley spent a lot of time with the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL. And this season with Tucson, in 26 games, he's got 16 points. His rookie season in Tucson, he had 39 points in 38 games. Merkley is one of the best players on the Tucson Roadrunners right now and could be NHL ready soon. So that's a very great pickup by New Jersey, I think. That's a top prospect. Then you have Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball is a name that you may not have heard much. He's only 19 years old. He's currently playing for the Ottawa 67s of the Ontario Hockey League. But this young defenseman has a very, very heavy shot, a very hard shot. Uh, He currently has 20 points in 28 games with the Ottawa 67s. So really, those are some pretty good quality prospects to get back if you're in New Jersey. And, you know, Taylor Hall probably was not going to come back next season. So for those returns to come to New Jersey, that's setting them up for some pretty good prospects to have in the future. So overall... Arizona is looking to be top of the league and possibly have a deep run at the Cup. As far as the draft picks, there were two picks given to the Devils. And there are some conditions on it. Uh, The New Jersey Devils, um, they have a 2020 pick and a 2021 pick. It's a first-round pick in next year's NHL draft. It's top three protected. And the third-round selection is conditional in 2021 and here's the conditions if Arizona's 2020 first round selection is in the top three then the Devils receive Arizona's first round pick in 2021 as far as the third round pick 
it becomes a second round selection if Arizona wins a Stanley Cup playoff round, not the cup, if they win a round, or Taylor Hall re-signs in Arizona, then it becomes a second round selection. And it becomes a first round selection if Arizona wins the Stanley Cup playoff and Taylor Hall re-signs in Arizona. So for you math nerds out there, I'm a math nerd myself, I'll just say that. There's your intersection and your union. So they win a playoff round or Taylor Hall resigns second round selection. If they win a round and Taylor Hall resigns, then it becomes a first round selection. And if neither of those happens, then the Devils still receive the 2021 third round pick. So some interesting conditions on those draft picks. And it's a very interesting trade. I can't wait to see how New Jersey responds to that. And one other note on the National Hockey League, kind of local, former Atlanta Thrasher Ilya Kovalchuk has been waived by the LA Kings and is an unrestricted free agent. I've seen some rumors out that Kovalchuk is thinking about signing the league minimum and possibly joining a contender like the Boston Bruins. The Kings play the Bruins tonight. Interesting, wouldn't you think? Yeah, that's a very interesting way to end the program. And I want to talk about the minor leagues tomorrow. I'm going to talk more about the effect of Nick Merkley leaving the Roadrunners and the effect it's going to have on Tucson as well as the rest of the Pacific Division in the American Hockey League that will come tomorrow as we talk about the San Diego Goals. But you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or you can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. With that said, I hope everyone had a great weekend. And we will be back tomorrow with Locked On Goals. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying I'll see you at the rink. Have a great rest of the day. And guess what, Anaheim? Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.